Welcome to the Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 77, Sermon. Who or what is God? And who needs him anyway? Part 2. If the essence of rationality is our ability to conceptualize, though, from where does this ability come? If our world presents us with infinite multiplicity, how do we manage the mystery of rational concepts? How do we bring order from chaos, unity from multiplicity? This is a perennial paradox. From where do we get the notion of unity? We turn again to the Bible. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Deuteronomy 6.4 Our God, the great I Am, is not just being itself, but unity itself. Unity that is paradoxically triune, containing, indeed, defining both unity and diversity. Defining number, language, logic, mathematics, rationality itself. What does this mean? It means that in God, this eternal being, we have the foundation of not only all that exists, but also the very structure of thought, the source of all that we call rational. We cannot think outside of him in whom we live, move, and have our being. If we have now, at least in part, answered our question, who is God? We have also begun to answer the second, who needs him? For every human being needs to think. Even doubting God requires God. For to doubt is to think, to use concepts. When we reason properly, we answer questions, we approach truth and being. It is no accident that we in the Western world, guided by this Christian worldview, have discovered more through science than all the rest of human history combined. We are not yet, though, quite done with our story. As an atheist, I came to acknowledge all those things about God, but still did not believe. What was missing? Needing the concept of God still leaves his existence a question. Perhaps all concepts, all ideals, are merely intellectual constructs, not empirical realities. Perhaps they are what academics call heuristics or useful fictions. Perhaps human reason created God because we required this concept. This is a psychological argument against God that has become conventional wisdom in our elite culture. When I was rethinking my atheism, one scripture played continually in my mind. Hebrews 11.6 Without faith, it is impossible to please God, 
because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If I were to again believe in God, what I needed was evidence that a concept, an ideal, could, in fact, exist. Again, Scripture came to my aid. The Gospel of John, chapter 8. Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet fifty years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus here claims identity with the great I am of Abraham and Moses. He claims to be the ideal, the concept, the way, the truth and the life, the eternal word, being and rationality itself that which brings order from chaos. This is the incarnation, the paradoxical union of the infinite with the finite, of part with whole, of God with man. Thank you for hanging in there with me. I have but two more brief points. First, the penultimate rational step for me was a renewed faith in the possibility of incarnation, that the empirical existence of an ideal was possible, an idea which my life's experience and atheism had decimated. If an ideal could be real, then belief in God's existence is rational, even if it remained uncertain. This issue resolved for me when I met my wife, Jenny, who was and is my incarnate ideal, lowercase i, who made real for me the possibility of incarnation in Jesus, uppercase i. Each person's path to God, I believe, is custom-made, though the way is always the same, Christ Jesus himself, yet another example of unity in multiplicity. God knew what I needed, and in the fullness of time, he provided her. God meets us as we need him to, in order to reveal himself to us. Second, could I rationally believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be, all the fullness of God in the historical person of Jesus? I come from a family of six. Jesus had two brothers who wrote letters now included in our New Testament scripture, James and Jude. Jesus' brothers wrote these words about their older brother, James 1.1 and 2.1. James, 
a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Jude 1, 4, 21, and 25. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, our only Sovereign and Lord. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. I have four brothers, and though I love and care about each of them, these are emphatically not words I would ever write or utter about them under any inducement, nor they of me. Siblings know, as no one else can. Properly understood, this testimony is world-shatteringly powerful. I never could and never would mistake any one of my brothers for the Lord of glory, our only Sovereign and Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Was Jesus who he claimed to be? We have good reason to believe he was, even in the face of uncertainty and doubt. As an atheist, I looked to science and reason to discover reality and truth, only to find that science and reason are grounded in a transcendent God and impossible without him. We can no more create the notion of God than we can create the universe or our own consciousness. We find him because his creation, including our own rational nature, points to him. Or better, he finds us, and in doing so, reveals himself. I returned to faith in God on July 23, 2019. Married my wife Jenny on August 24, 2019. Together, we seek to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Our purpose is to point others to God, that they might ask, seek, and knock. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Matthew 7, 8 Praise be to the poet of creation for the sublime poem that is our Christian faith. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. 
You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.